and welcome to A Better Story Podcast. Quick update for you. This will be the last episode you'll get for a few weeks. I'm going to take a little bit of time off while my wife and I relocate to Ventura, California. So next episode you get will be broadcast from Southern California. In the meantime, stay subscribed, leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you use to stream the podcast, and I'll see you in a few weeks. But first, one more episode for you. And it's an episode about an old, familiar story. Maybe one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Even if you have very little religious background, you may be familiar with this story. It goes something like this. Jesus was being questioned by some religious leaders, and they asked him eventually, who is my neighbor? So instead of answering the question straightforward, he tells the story about a man who was beaten, robbed, and left to die on the side of the road. And as he's lying there, someone walks by. It turns out to be a priest, a super religious person, the kind of person who should help this guy. But instead, the priest walks to the other side of the road and ignores him. Then another guy walks by, a Levite, someone who was from a sort of special tribe or special tradition that, again, should have been religious enough to, to act in this situation to help this man. But he also walks the other side of the road. And then lastly, another person walks by, a Samaritan, someone who's considered a half-breed, who's dirty, not the kind of person who should be helping. And yet, the Samaritan not only goes over to check on the guy, he tends to his wounds. He takes him to an inn, he puts up his own money to make sure he's cared for long term, and he comes back and checks on him later. And then Jesus ends the story by asking the question, who is the neighbor here? And the answer, of course, is the Samaritan. And Jesus finishes the story with a really simple phrase, it says, go and do likewise. And so this story is subversive and interesting and questions our boundaries. But I also find it kind of haunting in its simplicity. And particularly in that last phrase, go and do likewise. Because it sounds really easy. Be the kind of person who steps in when needed. But it's not easy. And I've been particularly haunted by it for the last few weeks. Here's why. A few weeks ago, I was walking in my neighborhood in downtown Tacoma. And I was walking along the sidewalk, and I could see in front of me there was this woman who was lying in the middle of the sidewalk. And she looked like she was probably homeless. And so she could have been taking a nap. She could have been hurt. She could have been dehydrated. I didn't really know. But I had my headphones in and I was walking somewhere. And so I sort of just thoughtlessly walked right by her. I got about 50 feet down the road and had one of those, oh shit moments. I should have done something. And I turned around and at that point, fortunately, a firefighter had stepped in and was caring for her. But I immediately thought of this story because on a very literal level, no like metaphor no symbolism, no nuance, no like biblical scholarship needed to see that this story did not sink in in my life. That very literally, when I walked by someone who needed help, I ignored them. It was one of those moments where you sort of see yourself clearly, where who you thought you were may not be exactly who you actually are in every situation. And that phrase of Jesus is where he says, go and do likewise, all of a sudden got way more complex to me. And that's been sort of sitting in the back of my head in the weeks since then. And something else has happened during those weeks. I begin to see newer stories, other stories shed light on this. That help answer the question, why didn't I do anything? Why don't we step in in those situations? 
And so I want to tell you three stories, three newer stories that shed light on this old story that have helped me at least begin to understand why it's so hard to go and do likewise. The first story is this. It's actually a research study from 1973, a pretty well-known one. It's actually based on the story of the Good Samaritan. Some researchers decided to get together some seminary students, and they gave them a task. Half of them had the task of actually preaching on this story. The other half had the task of just sharing about some jobs that were available on campus at their seminary. And both of these tasks had to be done down the street. So they were told in one location about the task, and they were told to go down the street to actually complete it. Now, some of them were told that they were already late and they had to hurry up. Other ones were told they had some time. But along the way, every single one of them encountered a man who was slumped over as if he needed help. And what the researchers found was this. There was no difference between the quote-unquote religious people, the people who were preaching on the Good Samaritan, and the people who weren't involved in a religious task, who were just talking about some jobs. That made no difference as to whether they stopped. So it's not a matter of reading enough Bible verses or hearing the story enough times. What made the difference was how much of a hurry they were in. When people were rushed, when they thought they were late, when they thought they didn't have time to intervene, they didn't. But when people slowed down, when they could be interrupted, they stopped to check on this man. And so what we find is that it's not about being good. It's not even about being religious. It's literally just about slowing down and being interrupted. You don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to be religious. Sometimes you just need to be slow. And so when we let ourselves be interrupted, we find that we're the kind of neighbors that we really want to be. Second story is this. It comes from a prank show, which is not really where you'd expect to get spiritual wisdom from. I recently heard an interview with a host of one of those TV prank shows, you know, like the like punked with Ashton Kutcher back in the day or like a jackass kind of thing where they would do ridiculous things in public, sometimes horrible things in public to get reactions from people. And this TV host was saying that he's noticed something new over time. As people watch these crazy things that he did that often required or should require some sort of intervention, people used to sort of like watch and occasionally intervene. But now they'll stop, they will slow down, but they'll just record it. They'll get their phones out, document it, and put it on social media instead of actually doing something to intervene. Now, of course, there is a good side to recording an act of injustice as proof, but that's not really what's happening here. They're literally just documenting something crazy that's happening so they can share it on social media. We have this tendency now to view life through our screens which has this tendency to dehumanize those in front of us, to be a little less real. And so a really simple act in being a better neighbor is to put our phones down, to put our barriers down, so that when we actually slow down, we're present. We're not concerned about likes or reactions or documenting it, but we're the kind of people who actually want to intervene to help. Third story, and it's kind of a dark one. It's a pretty well-known story from 1968 about the murder of a woman named Kitty Genovese. Kitty Genovese was brutally raped and murdered in a parking lot outside of her apartment. As she was getting out of her car, she was attacked by a man. The attack went on for 30 minutes. She screamed for help. She was in the middle of a crowded city, but no one did anything. As police were putting together their reports afterwards, they began to interview her neighbors, and they found out that 34 different neighbors either heard or saw the attack, and not a single person did anything. Why was that? 
because they thought it was someone else's responsibility. They assumed someone else would intervene. There's this principle in social psychology called diffused responsibility, that if we think it's someone else's job to step in, then we won't. We think there's someone more qualified, less rushed, someone more caring, someone who knows the person better than we do. And we use this to act like we don't belong to each other, when in reality, we are responsible to and for each other. That's literally what it means to be a neighbor. And so as I think about this old story of the Good Samaritan, I think about why I didn't stop for this woman on the sidewalk. I realize the question isn't about me being good. It's not even about the illusions of the kind of person I think I am. It's about shaping my life in a way that allows me to care for my neighbor. Because maybe being good is too much to ask, but at least I can slow down. At least I can put down the barriers that keep me from other people. And then maybe act like we actually belong to one another. Because those are the kind of neighbors that I want. And that's the kind of neighbor that I want to be. I hope you have those neighbors. I hope you are that neighbor. Until next time, I'll see you in a few weeks. Peace. Peace.